Hello and welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. We are on episode 64. Are you addicted to urgency? Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. One of the very first self-help books I read was Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And then I read his subsequent work, First Things First. Oh my goodness, I just couldn't get enough of it. It was pretty groundbreaking for me at the time, and this was many decades ago, because I wasn't really taught all of the things that he brought up in those books about what highly effective people did. I just thought highly effective people worked hard and then they worked harder. And then, well, you know, you know the rest. (laughs) They kept working hard. However, there was a concept that anything less than a conscious commitment to the important is an unconscious commitment to the unimportant. And that's a quote. Whoa. Well, this weekend, I was dusting off some materials on time management from many, many years ago. And the words and principles of Stephen Covey were, of course, front and center again. And it was interesting to think about that concept of time management and the inherent practices and challenges have really always been less about managing our time and always about managing ourselves. And I think today the challenges are remarkably the same as they were when he first wrote those amazing books that made a big difference to a lot of people. And no, we probably don't have the Franklin Planner system anymore, and we don't probably keep track of our time in the same way. And yes, I would agree that there is more information and more technology available than ever before, but this is still all about managing ourselves in today's world and what do we focus on each and every day. This is a big challenge. Think about your day and think about not only as leaders, but employees working hard to make a difference and and also as human beings. How are we spending our time and are we spending it in a way that's aligned with our goals and priorities, also our purpose and values? To what extent are we choosing things each day that align to the higher purpose, to the things that are most important to us, or are we not? After all, we have 1,440 minutes a day. How are we using them? We can't make more time, but we can ensure that we're using our time in the most focused way. So let's seek to learn through history. Let's talk about Dwight D. Eisenhower. 
He was a master at this. You probably know Dwight because he was the president of the United States. He was also a five-star general during World War II. He was the 34th president. He was very productive. Here are some examples of his productivity as a president. He led the construction of the interstate highway system. He created NASA. He signed into law the first major piece of civil rights legislation. He ended the Korean War, welcomed Alaska and Hawaii into the Union, and he managed to keep the Cold War with Russia cold. Eisenhower was Gallup's most admired man of the year, no less than 12 times. Pretty awesome, right? Let's learn some practices from Eisenhower. How did he do all this? How did he make such a big impact on the country or the world? Well, he absolutely understood about how to use his time and how to use it well. And in 1954, he had a speech and he is attributed with this quote. The quote was, I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. The urgent are not important and the important are never urgent. And I was like, boom. And a lot of people were like, what do you mean by that, Dwight D. Eisenhower? But he was really thinking about how we spend our time and our goals. Over three decades later, when Covey wrote his book, The Habits of Highly Effective People, he repackaged Eisenhower's concept into a simple time management tool. It's actually called the Eisenhower Matrix. This is a framework for prioritization, and it helps us to think about where we're spending our time and the urgency effect, which we're going to get into because I do want to know if you are in fact addicted to it. But if in your job, you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just running around each day and trying to fight fires, solve people's problems. But then at the end of the day, you get home and think, what did I do? What did I really accomplish? Or you have maybe some long-term career goals and you're just not able to make a mark on them. Or even if you have a hard time delegating to other people, all of those things are about how you're using your time and how do they fit into this matrix. So in thinking about Eisenhower's time matrix, you can visualize it like this. I know you're probably multitasking right now, but just take a pause to put a snapshot in your brain of this. There are four boxes of equal size. We're going to start at the top left. The top left is quadrant one, high urgency, high importance. These are all the tasks that you must do each and every day, right? You come in, maybe you have a project deliverable that's due. Maybe you have a client request that's due. Maybe you have something that is on your calendar, an important meeting. It is urgent and it is important and you're spending your time there. Quadrant two is on the top right side. These are things that are not urgent, but they are important. When you think about planning, when you think about relationship building, when you think about being proactive, when you think about learning, all of those things fit into quadrant two. Anything we do to prepare ourselves to be more effective or to do some planning or prevention are good examples of the kind of activities that are in quadrant two. Now let's go down to the bottom left. This is quadrant three, and these are not important, but they're urgent. Well, how can that be? Think of how many times a day you are interrupted. 
And even some emails, if you go through your inbox and you think, oh my gosh, why did this person copy me on this thing? What am I supposed to do with it? Those are examples of someone else infringing on your time in a way that's not important. And I say not important because it doesn't necessarily help you achieve your goals and your priorities. And then the last bottom right corner is quadrant four. This is not urgent and not important. Think about the things that we do every day to just unplug our brain, whether that is escape activities or binge watching Netflix or just surfing the internet during the day, focusing on social media, any of those things that we do sometimes in a very mindless way. Oh, I think about what's the weather. Oh, what's it going to be like tomorrow? Oh, when is this event going to happen, etc. All of those aren't really important to our daily activities and they aren't urgent. So now back to, are you addicted to urgency? Because urgency occurs in quadrant three. This is when other people's priorities tend to take precedence over our own. In his book, First Things First, Stephen Covey had an assessment called the Urgency Index. I'm not going to read you all the questions, but I'll give you kind of a glimpse into what his concepts were and see if you see yourself in any of these examples. I seem to do my best work when I'm under pressure. Hmm. I often blame the rush and press of external things for my failure to spend deep introspective time with myself. I hate to wait or stand in line. I always seem to be rushing between places and events. I feel anxious when I'm out of touch with the office. I would say I feel anxious when I'm out of touch with my cell phone. The adrenaline rush from a new crisis seems more satisfying than the steady accomplishment of long-term results. I assume that people will naturally understand if I have to disappoint them or let things go in order to handle a crisis. Well, you kind of get the drift of this. It is all about that adrenaline rush that we get from being helpful and doing things last minute. The irony in all of this is they aren't necessarily connected to things that are important to us, to our purpose, to our goals, and to our priorities. It is someone else's priority or urgency that affects us. What Covey says about the urgency addiction and that experience is that it does create predictable, reliable sensations in us. We get a hit of dopamine in our brain when we accomplish something urgent, when we get something done that we need to get done. We get a hit of dopamine. Our brain reinforces us and says, good job. Good job, Cindy. And it tends to take away a lot of our attention. The crazy part of this is that the addictive experience provides us with this artificial sense of self-worth. Because then we feel like we're in power and we feel we have a sense of control over our our environment. And it also provides us with security because we know we got some things done and we're adding value. And that also creates a sense of accomplishment. Sadly, it exacerbates some of our other problems with things we're not getting done. And in fact, working a lot in quadrant three with other people's urgency and priority actually worsens our function and affects our relationship in a negative way. Hashtag big bummer. 
So as you think about where and how you're spending your time, and maybe you are one of those people addicted to urgency, as a note, I think I am. Now that you know, what can you do? So I want to give you four tips for what you can do if you're an urgency addict. Number one is to track your time. I know that sounds ridiculous right now. People are thinking, I have so many things to do. Why in the world am I going to track my time? I don't have time to track my time. (laughs) But even for a day or for a week, I think this is a really important thing to do because you're going to look for patterns. You really want to assess how you're using your time because then you can assess your level of self-awareness and your subsequent ability to choose on purpose. And this is so critical to making changes. You need to be aware of what your current practices are and those challenges, even if you're going to make some small incremental changes. And I've I've known people who just literally... Put, print out one page with those four quadrants and just put a little check mark with anything they're doing and which quadrant it falls into. It's amazing what insights a little bit of time tracking will give you. So that's number one. And then I think number two is spending some quality time considering what belongs in quadrant two for you. When you think about that, that is high importance, but low urgency. These are all the goals that we have, whether those are personal or professional, or maybe some development that you want to do to be more effective, or all those things that you think, man, I want to be more proactive in this area. Maybe it's working with your team. Maybe it's doing some team building or some continuous improvement. Maybe it's actually just spending more time with one-on-ones, whatever it is for you. Think about what you would do with that time in quadrant two, what your goals are, what your purpose is, and start to schedule that time. Protect and honor your investment in quadrant two, because it is literally going to help you to reduce some of the time bent on tasks in quadrant one. The third thing you can do, and this is especially important if you're coaching others, is keep track of how much time you're spending in quadrant three, and when other people, and who are those people that are coming to you with problems and no solutions. When they're coming to you with things that are urgent, that they believe you need to fix, meaning they're relying on you to do the work or fix the problem or provide direction. So again, keeping track of the requests you receive in quadrant three will really help you to be more effective and targeted as a coach. This is also an opportunity to step back in quadrant three and reflect on things that you can delegate to other people. Are there some things that you are doing that are not a good use of your skill? Are you working in areas that someone else could do or they could learn and you could be working at a higher level in a more strategic way? So those are things to look at in quadrant three. And then in quadrant four, just be mindful. There are times when doing mindless things is great because we need to decompress. However, what I want you to consider is that certain activities give us diminishing returns when they're used excessively because the things we do in quadrant four are about immediate gratification. I'm just going to watch one more episode 
of <laughs> whatever it is that you might be binge watching. Or it could be, I'm just going to scroll social media. I'm going to go out to Facebook or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But what happens is those activities actually leave us feeling guilty and unfulfilled. There was a really interesting study in the Journal of Applied Psychology that tracked how employees spent their leisure time. And that was a strong predictor to how much energy and positivity they had in their work. Those people who did more either self-mastery or relaxation, you know, like yoga or meditation or exercise, were actually more motivated the next day. And those who engaged in distraction activities, like watching too much TV or doing something like that, did have some positivity the following day. However, with the continued use of that distraction, actually, as the week went on, their mood and their motivation worsened. So distraction and moderation is okay, but when we do it too much, it actually affects our overall work energy and satisfaction. Bummer. So here's what I'll leave you with this week. One, if you've never read Stephen Covey, you know what? His principles and concepts and content is still highly relevant today. Even though we aren't managing time in the same way, we are managing ourselves in the same way around our priorities or goals, or we should be taking a peek at it like that. Also consider utilizing Dwight Eisenhower's time matrix. It really is a very thoughtful way to analyze how you're using your time and if your time usage is serving you towards your goals or not. It really gives you a good glimpse into the urgency and importance factors. And then last, if you do have that addiction to urgency, and I know I do too, really try to analyze how and what you're doing and who is creating that sense of urgency with you. And then how can you coach and how can you make some changes in that particular quadrant? It will free you up to live and to work at a higher level and with higher purpose. And for that, we can all be thankful. Have a great week. Thanks for listening and join me next time. I'm going to have one of my fabulous interviews. I can hardly wait. <laughs>